Welcome to Poppycock Podcast with your host, Victor Pacheco, stand-up comedian, Instagram sketch artist, plus-size model, big-ass dude, big-ass heart, fucking just so happy that you're joining us today in what hopes to be a really great podcast. We've had a lot of shit happen since the last podcast. Um, mainly, we took a break because I've been so busy and so preoccupied with certain things that, you know, that's just the way life goes, you know, and it's pretty fucked up. But I'm glad to be back here recording here at Chateau Gordeau in downtown Oakland. <laughs> that's not a real place. I'm just making that up. Uh, but at any rate, um, I'm happy to be back doing this podcast so I could talk about stuff that's going on in my life. And hopefully good stuff's going on in your life, not necessarily things are going great in mine. I'm just hoping that yours is great. But at any rate, um, it's pretty cool to be uh, living, being alive. You know, I've lost a lot of friends and family before, naturally and unnaturally. And uh, I really am grateful to be alive. I'm really, I'm really, I don't know, dude, like a lot of people have been like really fucked up because of this pandemic and shelter in place. That's pretty fucked up. What's been fucking me up more so than isolation and quarantining and the shelter in placing has been you know the fires these fires are f brutal that have been plaguing the united states and the west coast and parts of nevada i don't know all over the country it's just crazy we have extreme weather and then people are going to say that it's not climate change it's just like well what the fuck do you think it is like it, it's it's terrible for people to try to make this political when in fact this is just like hey we have been you know exploiting mother earth since uh humans have been on the planet so maybe this is us paying the piper you know there's been reports that through scientists saying that even if we all come together and we try to go green to fix the problem of climate change and the the the, the green gases and all that stuff that's fucking up the ozone layer. Like we only got like 10 or 15 years left. And that's funny because I only have like 10 or 15 years left as a fat fuck. And I'm taking better care of myself than humans are taking care of the planet earth. And you know, I like to party. I like to have a good fun time. I like to eat food and enjoy myself and, you know, go places and, you know, just really enjoy myself. But, um, at any rate, pretty cool times, pretty cool, you know, Lately, I've been working on writing new material, and new material for me means writing new jokes, writing new stories, writing new um, scripts that I'm working on right now. I'm also working on my first ever musical. It's going to be the first ever drug opera. It's going to be awesome. It's going to have an opening like The Lion King. It's going to be like, Ayahuasca! It is a pretty cool drug that fucks me up, but I barfed. Then I saw God. Dude, that'd be a fucking great-ass musical. Hopefully I could get some sponsoring. That'd be really fucking awesome, man. And just change the lives of people because, you know, ever since the shelter-in-place has taken effect, you know, drug and alcohol use have gone up 30%. So that means domestic violence has gone up 30% and suicidality and people actually committing suicide has gone up 30%. A lot of fucked up shit has happened, you know? And also with like the shelter in place, what people don't think about is just like all the families that don't have a good, you know, functioning type of 
communication at home, it's pretty messed up for kids right now that have to stay at home with like a shitty relative and God forbid that they're, you know, being abused. Uh, and that's extra reason why they don't want to be there. But sometimes, you know, I, I substitute teach in the East Bay. So, um, or at least I used to before the pandemic. And I could tell you that, you know, a lot of kids don't want to be home. They'd rather be at school miserable but uh, away from their tormentors that they go back to every day at home and it's pretty messed up because one time in particular i can remember that a little kid at an east oakland primary school and i say primary because it's kindergarten through eighth as opposed to elementary which is kindergarten through fifth and not a middle school that's sixth through eighth but you know this primary school and this first grader you know started crying he wouldn't come back for the recess and he was just sobbing out of, outside of my classroom so i go out there and try to have a moment with him and ask him what's wrong and you know is did somebody hit him is he getting bullied did, did somebody hurt his feelings like what's going on and he's like like no i don't want to go home for summer summer break and then i started you know having to compose myself because i'm like damn how bad is home but then you really got to think about it like a lot of students in East Oakland get free breakfast and free lunches, and that's the only time that they eat. So some schools have implored this idea where they will have take-home meals for these kids so they can have something to eat at dinner time. But then they have to go through the whole night and then like part of the morning until like 7 or 8 or whenever they get to school to eat. And then you wonder why these kids are fucking so grumpy and don't want to do any work. It's like... They've been starving themselves for all these hours, and it's it's messed up. I've, I've, I've seen it firsthand. You know, there's a lot of things that are happening with these kids at home that they were escaping from when they went to school, and because of shelter in place, that's not going on. And now parents, they're all frustrated. They're all flustered. They don't know what to do with their kid. Well, how the fuck do you think we feel as teachers, you know? That's the same fucking kid you send to fucking school, and you expect us to, like parent them and you're not even fucking parenting them so like what do you want from me but i try you know with those kids and i empathize with those kids and, and i hope they're okay even the ones that are fucking assholes to me when i substitute teach for them and they just want me to entertain them and not actually teach them anything and that sucks because i could entertain those kids without swearing no doubt you just change your voice and you just pander to little kids. You know, you just start talking like Mickey Mouse. Uh-huh. And little kids love that. Uh-huh. Actually, I think everybody loves that, to be honest with you. Because, you know, when a big fat guy is like, uh-huh. Hey, how are you doing today, guys? Uh-huh. Hey. Hey. Hey, sit down. Be quiet. It's time for school. Uh-huh. Okay, we're going to read a story now. So, you know, you, you could do that. Or, I mean, if you're me, you could do that. I do that. Is I get bored at work, okay? Sometimes I will just be super creative and do things, like, outside of the realm of what is, you know, ordinary for an adult male. And I will just go out of my way to just really make these kids' lives, like, you know, better. Because I'm in a good mood. And, you know, when you're in a good mood... It's contagious and it makes those people around you have a good mood. So if you're making these kids laugh hysterically and they never laughed like that before, you, you don't know what to get. Like, you, you don't know what to do because, like, I had a girl started crying in my class and I thought it was because, you know, I poked fun at her name. I wasn't really making fun of her name. There was a boy next to her named Juan or before her in the roll sheet and then it was her, Vanessa, and I was like, Juan, 
Vanessa, Juanessa. How come there's no girls named Juanessa? There's all these Juanas, Juanitas, and Juanas, but there's no Juanessas. Like, you know, if I ever had a daughter, I'd name her Juanessa. And she never, you know, everyone laughed. But, you know, she put her head down into her face, and I guess she was crying so hard and asked her why. And she said she was crying because she thought it was hilarious and she never laughed so hard in her life and that felt good that was a good feeling you know but but also i was scared and mortified because you know when she had a little hands on her face i was scared that she was gonna rat me out and be like he said my name is juanessa and everybody laughed and he laughed you know little kids they tell the fucking whole story so that's why like you know like i just do what i can to just entertain myself because I'm at work, you know what I mean? I don't have the fucking privilege to go to the fucking bathroom every hour. I can't do it, you know? Then uh, the school district's going to think that I'm using drugs if I have to go every hour. And matter of fact, if you do have to go to the bathroom every hour, you are using drugs. So (laughs) there's a little secret to any people that are listening in management. Like, you know, there should not be any person that has to go to the bathroom every hour. It must have a medical condition, which is different than you'll know about it as management who's privy to that information but anyone else nah dude that's 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 crazy but um yeah dude it's it's pretty fucked up like with this pandemic it's really changed everybody's life it's really changed everybody's outlook on how you trust people you don't know you you know or people that you do know and where they've been and who they've been with and what they've done and you know people are like genuinely like pissed off right now because the economy is tanking my bad. The economy tanked, and it's pretty shitty right now. And, like, everything got fucking canceled. Even my stuff got canceled. And, you know, shit was going, like, really good for me prior to the pandemic. Like, as far as, like, you know, stand-up comedy and being able to do shows a lot and being able to play at certain venues. And it, it was fucking awesome, man. I got to work with a lot of great people. I got to work with a lot of awesome comedians, super talented people. And I was going to produce my first Spanish show. In May, the day after Cinco de Mayo, and it was going to be awesome. It was, it was really going to be something that was different because doing Spanish and doing comedy in Spanish is a different beast than stand up comedy in English is because, you know, the play on words, well, there's different words, okay? And different words translate differently in those two languages you know so some jokes you can't even say in english that you can say in spanish but there's some jokes you can say only say in spanish and definitely not in english it doesn't make sense unless you translate the joke as you go but if you have to explain your jokes as you go and i don't know sometimes it sounds more like a lecture than a joke when you're trying to do all this translation i don't know um but at least the stuff i've witnessed like you know i i think playing to the crowd that you're playing to like if you're saying a joke in spanish you got to go full out and say the joke in spanish you know as best you can um in an english show but in a spanish show yeah you got to know fucking spanish but you can't assume any of those people know english but but if it's here like in the bay area yeah but if you like go to mexico like nah dude you cannot assume that they speak English or they're going to get your fucking American reference. They might get your American reference if it's like that, like if it's like Michael Jackson or Coca-Cola or I don't know, something like that. But they got a shit ton of Coca-Cola up in Mexico, so that's totally different. But, (laughs) yeah, dude, it's crazy. Yeah, that show got canceled, and, you know, it was going to be great because as a stand-up, 
an important thing to have is a video. You have to have a video that has you clearly presenting your act and clearly audially hearing the audience laughing at your jokes they're, they're applauding they're 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 reacting to your jokes and it needs to be positive it can't be like you know you tell a joke and it's from the audience like <gasps> or ugh or ugh like you know like and i you could hear that and it's just like why the fuck would you like share this video with anybody why would you post this like people are like grunting people are really not having a good time and you're just like hey this is the type of comedy i do so to make sure you never come to one of my shows check out this video i mean at certain times in my life you know you know my comedy journey i've been really proud of every video i had up until a certain point and then i got a new one and i guess that's why certain people they record their they the video record every single set I would audially record every single set and a video record some of my sets or both, but it's it, it really is sometimes hard to put your camera down a certain spot and then you know based on how loud and rowdy that place is that even if you have a good shot, people are going to be talking super loud and even if you could get the crowd to shut up and listen to you, it's still not going to be like that great if you're just getting the audio from the back and it's a rowdy-ass crowd, but... I'm not making excuses. People need to record their their sets so they could have a video, so they could send it to producers and get booked. That's the most important thing. So the the thing that was important for me for my show that got canceled in Spanish was that I was going to be able to produce a video in Spanish. And that's what I wanted. And that would be really like awesome if I could get that video, but I can't right now unless I do a Zoom comedy show in Spanish and even then, like, I'm not really too sure how to do one of those. But um, Zoom comedy shows are, like, way different than live stand-up comedy shows you go to in person. Because, first of all, when you go to a live stand-up comedy show, you have to leave your house. And when you leave your house, you know, you you have this desire to want to do something or be a part of an event or participate. You know, you, you want to go do something. And so, like, when you go to one of these venues and you watch live stand-up comedy, you know, a lot of times the there's a spotlight that comes on and all the music goes off. And, you know, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you have to f do your jokes over the people line dancing or people playing pool. And you just, that's what makes you stronger. You know, how fucking confident are you with your own jokes? Like, really? Like, if you're not confident with your own jokes and you're just reciting words and not trying to connect with the crowd or connect with other live people that are paying attention. But also, though, that sucks, though, too, because sometimes people will just see stand -up, other stand-up comics in the room, so it's just the only audience is other stand-up comics that are waiting to go up also. So then they get, like, a false positive about how they just did because what comics will laugh at is different than what normal people who attend stand-up comedy shows will laugh at because stand-up comics for the most part have a more you know fucked up sense of humor and it's really grim and bleak and you know this will the same thing will happen like at a bar show too 
like where they don't want comedy and then you come out there and you just say really disgusting and vile things and it gets them chuckling because they're all dudes and you're playing to dudes and then you'll, you'll go to a venue like a restaurant where there's couples and families and you try to do all that vile shit that you did at that dive bar and then you die there at the restaurant and it's like you don't even acknowledge the fact that these people are eating in a restaurant why would you say gross ass shit to try to shock the audience when they're fucking eating you know you think they want to hear about your fucking period when they're fucking eating fucking ravioli or spaghetti and it's all fucking red right there they want to fucking talk about or you're talking about your dick and they're eating a fucking shrimp platter with your small ass cock like fucking nobody wants to fucking hear this shit sorry i had to say a cock one and and and, and, and a vagina one because i don't want to look like a fucking sexist okay equal opportunist over here don't want to fucking discriminate against anybody specifically it's all or none that's how it is and that's how it should be um it's crazy though. This this time people have been complaining. Um, yeah, I've had I've had my complaints about this this time, but you know, um, one of the things that it has been really cool for me that has been really great is I've had the opportunity to write new jokes. Uh, I was kind of forced to write new jokes, but it was really cool that it happened. Not the way that it happened, but it was cool that it happened because I was to show every Saturday at eight p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And I host and I I tell my original jokes that I created myself based on experiences or based on uh, my silliness or my creativity. And so, you know, I'm trying to make myself sound like an artist. But, dude, it, it's a process. And so I have my safe set that I open with that's funny and doesn't offend a lot of people, you know, because it's funny. And so that's the set that I like to use when I host. And so I've been hosting for weeks and I got a complaint that I keep telling the same jokes every week. And that's fucked up because I don't want to hear that shit because they're my jokes. You know, some of my jokes that um, I have otherwise I can't tell up front as the host because I'm supposed to, you know, uh, not try to alienate anybody in the show by saying something overly offensive or overly sexual or overly detailed. And so that's what happens sometimes. And so. I wrote some new jokes. Um, I, 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 uh, some some of these jokes are stories that, of things that just happened, like my incident with the TSA and uh, having to go to the back room with the TSA agents, and you know that that became a story that I told on stage because that's pretty funny, and um, that doesn't always happen, but it's a true story. Um, I talk about. A lot of other stuff that happened, how I'm learning Italian, and pretty much it's just dirty words. Um, but the thing that um, elicited a reaction was I told a story about my wife, uh, about a sexual act that took place in the bedroom, and uh, there were some complaints about it. Like, I told a story where, um, and this is a true story, by the way, um, and also, my wife wanted me to change it to say this about my girlfriend or my ex-girlfriend. But then I'm like, nah, that that doesn't. I'm not going to remember all that. It's not going to. It's going to be disingenuous if I say my ex-girlfriend. I got to say how the fuck it really happened. So you know, that's just me because you know I'm a real type of motherfucker. And also, I'm not good at lying, and I don't want to remember the lie that I fabricated. So that's what I'm going to do. So I just it's it's my wife and the story, and this is what happened. Um, I'm making love to my wife. We're on the bed. We're both on our sides looking out the window. 
And, you know, that's the best way to have sex. If you're a fat guy with lower back problems like me, there's not too much pressure. It's pretty good. So, you know, uh, I got my hand on her hip and we're doing it. And, you know, she's having a good time. I'm having a good time. Then out of nowhere, you know, like a few minutes into this, like maybe like maybe like six, seven minutes into it, she grabs my hand from her hip and she places it on her throat. And she says to me, choke me. And I said, what? She said, just fucking choke me. So I choked her out. And then she's like, I'm coming. I'm coming. And then I go on with a joke. And I say, and even more recently, um, I'm making love to my wife. And, you know, we're, we're, we're having sex on the bed sideways again because I still got a lower back problems and I'm still a fat fuck. And so I'm making love to her. And I got my hand on her hip. And I know I'm doing a good job. Because she, you know, she's making sex noises, you know, that she's really loving it. And so I move my hand from her hip and I put it on her throat and I start choking her out. She says, I'm not in the mood. And I say, this one's for me. And that's the fucking joke. I think it's fucking hilarious. I think it's fucking funny. Uh, I, I think it's, uh, dude, it, it got a good reaction. Like, people like that fucking joke. It, it, was, it was funny. I've said that joke uh, on a few zoom shows i've said that joke um in person to a to different people uh, telling them about this incident as it was happening or after it happened but that wasn't the end of it okay so uh, i got some complaints uh the first complaint said something to the effect of wow choking out his wife is funny what's he gonna say next he's suffocating some black lives matters protesters you need to dump the psychopaths please and that was pretty fucked up. So what are you going to do? Like, so I, I read um, I, I read that comment and, you know, I read a letter that I wrote to her that started off with, Dear Karen, because who the fuck else, you know, about that complaint. And then I got some more complaints after that second show where I recalled what happened in the first show. And so I got... Even more letters talking about that joke about how that's not funny and I shouldn't say that. And um, somebody wrote an email to the producers of the show that I perform on with a subject line reading, drop Victor Pacheco. Drop Victor Pacheco. Like, it really said that. And it goes on to assassinate my character and, and really just make me look like a really bad guy. And the the person who wrote it, who I know is a white woman, that was confirmed, but a name was not given to me for, for good reason. You know, that's a really good fucking thing they didn't give me their name. Because then I'd fucking, you know, see who they are on Facebook and add them just as a passive-aggressive maneuver. I wouldn't do anything fucked up. I would just add them on Facebook just to let them know that I know, hey, I know you sent an email. What's up? You want to be my friend? You know, I'm not going to do anything malicious. Like, yo, I'm going to look you up and fucking find you and stay outside of your house and breathe heavily. I mean, no matter where I'm at, I'm going to breathe heavily. But like, in front of your house, though, I'm not going to do that. But um, so that woman assassinated my character. She said uh, something to the effect of... Victor Pacheco gets all of his ideas about sex from violent porn. Really, lady? Did you not hear my fucking story where I'm on the bed sideways with my wife? What part of that am I fucking scrolling on the internet looking at porno, getting ideas that my wife introduced to me? 
That is beyond absurd. You know, I can make allegations too. I can make up stories also. Like, you know, maybe you're offended by my joke because you have an ex-husband who was a cop and cops are statistically more violent than other fucking professionals. And so maybe you got choked out unwittingly and now you're upset that a fat guy is saying this fucking story and not some skinny, handsome, good-looking person. Because you know damn well that if Brad Pitt in Fight Club in 1999 or whenever that movie came out would have said that joke about choking out his girlfriend or choking out his wife, he'd be like, oh, I wish he choked me out. But you see what I'm saying here? Like, it's fucked up. We could all come up with our theories as to why that happened and what's going on, but... It really fucked me up because I had to read an apology letter on the third show. I mean, from the time this incident happened, I had to read an apology letter, like a real apology letter. Uh, and I wrote a first draft and they said it was too personal and too confrontational and I couldn't read it on air. Then there was a second letter that like I, I really just made a lot cleaner and like a lot short because also the first one he said was too long, which it was. It really was. But the second one, I cleaned up a lot, and he said that was too personal. Like, the person I'm talking about is too much. And then the third version we agreed upon was a generic version where I rec recalled the story and said that I made a mistake and I used bad judgment. But the only bad judgment is that that I used was that I don't know what the fuck is going to happen, you know? Like, you know, people will always want to criticize you for what you do and what you attempt and something they'll never attempt in their life. And I really feel that a lot of this cancel culture, and because that's what's exactly what happened. This woman tried to get me fired and other people try to get me fired and they want me to lose my job during a fucking global pandemic. And the fact that people are going out of their way to try to be heard and try to have their voice have some power is pathetic, okay? Because first of all, dude... Like, why would you try to get me fired over something you didn't like to be heard that wasn't directed directly at you? Like, I didn't tell you to agree. It's like you laugh or you don't laugh. That's stand-up. But the fact that you're going to, like, there's one thing if you want to criticize me. That's one thing if you want to confront me and tell me how wrong I am so maybe I could change. But maybe, maybe I could have gotten fired and never learned why. And it could have been because of your complaint, and I never learned. So I never used this as a learning opportunity. But because of the team of producers that I work with every single week have my back and I have their back to make sure that the best interest of everybody involved gets met, okay? We don't just want to have a good show for comedians because obviously comedians will have a good time. We'll make the best show possible as long as we, bo we, we, we book solid comics that respect comedy it's going to be great and so we do that we communicate we want everyone to have a good time definitely want the audience to have a good time want the audience to tell their friends and the family and co-workers and you know people from the church or temple or mosque or wherever they go to worship or whatever you know like we want people to come to these shows we don't want to alienate anybody so you know that that's fucked up i did fuck up by saying something really fucking personal. That was really personal, you know? But that's what stand-up is, you know? You are going out of your way to talk about a vulnerable moment in your life and make it funny because it's relatable or it's so unique that you're like, wow, 
I can't believe that really happened to somebody. And I'm thinking that the woman that sent that email could not believe that I could have anybody want me to choke them out. So I believe in my hearts of all hearts that this person really thinks that I fabricated that story. And I didn't because like, okay, so I threw my wife under the bus by saying it was my wife. Maybe I shouldn't have said that story if I'm going to tell it in its entirety like I did. So maybe I fucked up by divulging too much information. But maybe this feminist also fucked up too by being supposedly all woke but not listening to the details. She fabricated details to get her point across that I'm condoning violence against women, which I wasn't. I really wasn't. And, you know, she's so super woke. How come she doesn't fucking think about the sexual independence of my wife and her activities with consenting adults? Because that's exactly what that was, all of it. And the fact that somebody's going to try to butt into my life and try to change the course of it by saying negative things about me and my character is something that is unfathomable. Because, lady, you're fucking white. You don't need to fucking try to get a fat Mexican dude fired from a fucking show. Like, I'm working my ass off. I have new jokes every single fucking week. You don't like them this week? You'll like them next week. But probably if you don't like them this week, it's because you're uptight. You want a Christian comedy show that you watch with your husband whose dick you never sucked. You know? <laughs> and then it's just like you're so old school. What the fuck you want from fucking me, okay? And, yeah, I'm calling you out. If you've never sucked your husband's dick, he's cheated on you. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. And what's fucked up is, though, even if you have sucked his dick, there's a good chance he has cheated on you. Because we're fucking humans. Why the fuck do you think the shelter-in-place shit is still going on after six fucking months? It's because people are unwilling to stop fucking for more than 14 days or however long it needs for everybody to, to, to quarantine to get this plague on its knees. That's what's happening. People are fucking. People are going out and having sex and not giving a fuck about anyone's safety because they go based on statistics and, you know, you're less than 2% likely to catch it and die. So... You're probably not going to die from it, but there's so little known about this virus. And then, you know, there's a lot of people that are calling this fake and really like being vocal about it. Like if we're all wrong, you know, after years of this, I don't know. Like there's so many like there's conspiracy theories about conspiracy theories now. And you have QAnon and you have all these fucking and I don't even know shit about them. I just mentioned them one time. Now I'm going to get red flagged. And that sucks because I need viewers, but not like this. But this cancel culture, dude, it's it's pretty fucking bad. I don't like it. It's uh, something that's been um, plaguing comedy since the internet came out. And even before the internet came out. But, like, you know, the internet makes it so everybody has a voice and feels like they have some power. Because they got no power in their life, you know? In their life, in their relationship, at, in their workplace, you know, in their religion. Like, it, getting passed over is a common feeling that everybody feels no matter what occupation they're in or what journey they're going through in their life. Everything is, is unique for a different, and everybody's going through, through different things. But people feeling like they're getting passed over or feeling unnoticed or feeling like people are overlooking what they're going through, that's a common human feeling, okay? Unless you're a celebrity, which, by the way, I don't even understand how the fuck... Some people 
of this new generation, and by new generation, I mean kids that are still in school, K through 12, like they really, honest to God, believe that they could become famous by doing nothing because they see people on YouTube being silly and getting paid millions of dollars and not having to, you know, suffer. And they have all these like really bomb gadgets and they get paid a shit ton of money to open up these fucking awesome boxes of whatever the fuck. And it's just like, dude. That is the worst type of motivation that I've ever seen in my life. The fact that kids look up to other kids as that's what I want to do when I grow up. That's what I want to do now. It's like this. This is the wrong fucking type of motivation that kids need to become successful. And that's what we're supposed to do as parents, as teachers, as uncles, as as. I don't know, like neighbors. As community members, we're supposed to look out for each other. We really are, but we aren't. We don't do it because it's inconvenient, because we've already given up hope, because this next generation has proven that they don't give a fuck about anything outside of their stupid fucking phone. Like, if you have to do it outside of your phone, it's too inconvenient. Like, And even if you can do it with your phone, turn in your homework in, on the Internet through your phone. They don't want to fucking do it. They don't want to download the app. They don't want to fucking do a goddamn thing. They just want to be rewarded for not doing shit, okay? Or sell fucking drugs at school. And it's just, <laughs> dude. And the fucking administrators don't even say anything. Like, kids are walking around fucking to six different classes all day reeking like weed. And nobody says a goddamn thing. And I don't mean to sound fucking old, but back in my day... You'd have some fucking decency and put on some new clothes after you smoke or put on some cologne or take a shower and do all the above and go fresh and so clean into school and be high as fuck. That's what you do because you respected yourself and you also didn't want to get caught. You don't want to get, mostly you don't want to get caught, but you respect yourself enough to be like, I don't want to get caught. There's people like, I don't give a fuck. I reek like weed. And if you don't like it, well, then tell my parents. They know I smoke weed. And that's true. That is very true. There's some dude I went to middle school with when I was in sixth grade and he was in eighth grade. And I started smoking weed in sixth grade. Uh, he told everybody, and this was true, he got a bong for Christmas from his mom. Like, whose fucking mom gives them a bong when they're in eighth grade? A cool-ass fucking mom or a shitty-ass fucking mom, depending on who's listening to this. But <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like, my mom would have never fucking done that. I mean, my mom fucking definitely has never even smoked weed before in her life. She used to condemn it, but, like, now she's kind of okay with it. And I don't know if it's like, oh, well, two of my sons smoke weed, so maybe if, like, I pray for them, God won't send them to hell for doing that. You know, but like it's not worse than drinking and it's not worse than smoking weed. I mean, cigarettes, because even if weed was worse than smoking cigarettes, at least you get high from weed. But, you know, all the chemicals that they add extra to the um, cigarettes to make them burn evenly. That's why joints don't burn evenly all the time. You know, sometimes I mean, they will. It depends how you grind them up. It depends how dry they are and cold and, uh, you know, uh, cultured and cured and. All that good stuff, like, you know, but listen, this podcast is about just saying, listen, I'm a human being and I make mistakes and it's been kind of hard lately, like knowing that <laughs> some people have wanted to cancel me out, but I have come a long way from feeling like that recently because I also have a lot of people that had have added me on Instagram and on Facebook from these Zoom stand-up comedy shows that like my comments 
and they comment on my post and they just really make my life that much better because these people I don't even know that I've never even met in person. They want to come to my shows when everything opens up. And as long as I keep doing what I'm doing, they'll come. And that gives me hope that life's going to be fucking better. Life's going to be greater. And, you know, to be really honest with you, like as much as I want to talk about the destruction of what comedy has been lately, because it's been a destruction. And what sucks is that it's been because of fucking egos. Like it's it's not it's always because of someone's character, the way that they're acting, the way that they're reacting to other people. And it sucks because a lot of people have these like thoughts that they're superior to other people because they produce a show or because they're friends with a certain person or because they're fucking passed at a certain comedy club or at a certain venue where they're the fucking host or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, OK, that's really fucking awesome. And I'm proud of you. But like, you know, don't don't try to be an asshole to everybody about it. Like, you know, because good shit's happening to you. Like, you know, share the wealth, share share the good positive vibes and be cool and allow everybody to, to eat, you know, but don't get manipulated either. Don't get exploited. Don't fucking let people fucking make you feel like shit because they feel like shit. And that's what a lot of people are doing right now during the pandemic. They were doing it prior to the pandemic. But now it feels worse because a lot of people are projecting all their insecurities onto others. And that shit needs to stop. If you're listening to this and you make other people feel like shit because you feel like shit, that fucking sucks. You know, I've never been like that, or at least intentionally. You know, I have felt like shit and been an asshole to people. But it's usually to make me laugh. So I guess that is an asshole maneuver. But if I laugh and I try to spread that joy. <laughs> but um, yeah, dude, I think it's really fucking awesome what's been going on with with life, with a lot of comedy show producers who are cool, who put on really awesome shows that book really great comics that take care of their comics and really just have a place to cultivate new material. It's really cool. It's really great. And if you're one of those people, thank you so much. If you're one of the people that come to my shows online right now, that's really awesome. And if you tune into my puppet shows, that's really great, too. We are going to be having a show pretty soon in the near future that hopefully will not get canceled because of artistic differences. But it'll be a fucking cool time. So if you want to check out any of my shows, be sure to check me out on HispanicTitanic.com forward slash calendar. Or just go to HispanicTitanic.com and just click the calendar link. And you will see what shows I have coming up. I just booked a diff uh, another show in addition to the Saturday show that I host every Saturday at 8 p.m. That's the Best of SF Stand-Up Comedy. Uh, Zoom edition. It's free. Be sure to go to bestofsfstandup.com to get tickets for that show for free. I'm on another show, but you're going to have to pay for that one. It's on a Thursday. It's two weeks from today. But anyway, um, thank you guys so much uh, for listening in. And hopefully you guys can make it out to one of my virtual comedy shows or keep listening and rate this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and in my heart. Uh, give me feedback. Let me know what you think. I hope to see you guys soon. Take care. Late.